0: Happy New Year. I have a, a word that God spoke to me uh, very recently, like this morning, uh, and so bear with me. Um, still processing what God has spoken, but um, this week has been an eventful week. Uh, not only was it You know, the new year's 2018. Can you guys believe it's 2018 already? Oh my gosh, guys. We're not getting any younger. And uh, I'm not getting any younger. And it just went by so fast. I feel like 2017 went by really fast. It feels like every year is just flying now. And uh, some of you are maybe not in your 30s yet, um, but some of you are. And it just, after like 27-ish, it's just like, 23? It's just like, whoa, you blink, and now you're going to be 39 some, sometime soon. So, uh, so I, somebody said I rebuke that in Jesus' name. You can't rebuke uh, the next year. I'm sorry, you're going to get older. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, if you can open your Bibles, please, to the book of Philippians chapter 1. Let me know when you have it with like an amen, or I got it, or something, or something. You expecting good things this year? Expect good things, and you'll get good things, amen? As a man thinketh, the Bible says, yes, it says thinketh, therefore he is. As you think, as what you believe in your heart, you'll start to see it in your life, so That's why we don't work off of fear. We don't work off of uh, rejection or shame. Uh, We work off of victory. Amen. We have to lead our lives with victory. We have to lead our lives with courage, knowing that we're more than conquerors. Are you there? Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to start in verse 3, actually. Uh, Every time I think of you, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Say more and more. And that you will keep on growing, keep on growing in knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ, of course. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by who? Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Let's stop there. This morning, uh, to top off our eventful week, we were awakened while well, I was, and then I woke up my wife. By screaming and crying and weeping that I heard faintly as I was oh, oh, beginning to awake. And then at first, I was like, is, is Cynthia crying? Uh, and she wasn't. She was asleep. And I heard, like, like, crying and weeping, like if someone either had been hurt or was around someone that was hurt. And I went to the window in my room, and I can hear it, but I didn't see anything. And then I heard it towards uh, the living room area. And so I walked over to the living room, half asleep. Of course, it's early in the morning. And I look out the window, and I see a a young lady walking uh, sort of fast uh, towards the end of the street where I live. And she was crying and weeping, and she was praying. And I could tell something was wrong. I could tell something was wrong with her. Uh, Something physically was wrong with her. Uh, And mentally, and she was praying, please, Lord, help me take this away from me. Please, Lord, help me. I don't want to see these things. Please purify me was her prayer. And I I knew in that moment because in, in my time, I had had prayers like that when I was going through something similar, but not to that extreme like she was. We saw her run off, and Cynthia and I began to pray for her from afar, and we began to declare freedom in her life. We began, began to declare for demons to leave her alone, for the torment to go away in Jesus' name, and I believe that that prayer did something. I can't testify to it. I, I don't know because she ran off. Uh, we did call the authorities just to make sure that she was safe because we were worried, but it started to, to, to sort of touch my heart and sort of uh, challenge and the Holy Spirit began, began to just speak a word into my life. And it reminded me of these passages that I had been reading and how Paul says to the Philippians that he so much loves them, that he's so proud of them because they, had, they have stood with him, not in, in a church attendance or Uh, In the fact that they've been to church events, but in the fact that they've been preaching the good news with Paul. This is Paul's uh, sort of uh, mark of the church of Philippi. The Philippians, this is the mark that that Paul has with them. Uh, He's very proud and he loves them so much because they have stood with him in preaching the good news. And we must, as a church, as the body of Christ, not just this church, but every church in existence that belongs to Jesus Christ, we must stand with preaching the good news. Now, the good news is not bad news, amen? The good news is, it's what it is. It's good news. It's not fake news. It's not bad news. It's good news. Say good news. And good news means that Jesus saves. That no matter how far a person has gotten, no matter how much in sin they have been, that Jesus can still save them. That no one is too far away from God that God can't get to them. It doesn't matter if they grew up in church and they're no longer going to church. It doesn't matter if they were in in relationship with God and they're no longer in relationship. Or they're atheist, or they're satanic or they're homosexual. It doesn't matter what what they're doing, or who they are, Jesus can still save them. There is still hope for the drug addict who's being tormented and addicted with drugs. There's still hope for the single mother who's struggling. There's still hope for the divorcee that's struggling. There's still hope in Jesus Christ, and we must stand firm in this message. We cannot waver in this message. It's not a religion. It's not a thing of do's and don'ts. It's not a traditional thing. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's salvation. It's his grace. And he's after people around you. And he wants to use your voice. He wants to use your feet. He wants to use your hands. He wants to use you for the family members that are around you. Because Jesus Christ is still saving lives. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news. This church had partnered with the mission that Paul had. to so spreading this kingdom. The only thing that can save this generation and the next and the next is Jesus Christ. This message needs to be a part of our life. It needs to be the first thing we think about. It needs to be how we read the Bible. It needs to be how we go to God because he's still that, a savior. He still is a savior at the end of the day. And he's still saving lives. And I've told you stories about Muslims in Middle Eastern countries who have dreams of Jesus. And Jesus is evangelizing himself. And he wants the church to partner with him. As Paul says, you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. From the time you first heard it. Until now. They didn't stop. This is an example. That's why he's putting it together for us. For the future church. This is an example. They've been spreading the good news from the beginning until now. And some of us and some of the church, we stop spreading the good news. We stop talking about Jesus, especially in this climate today. It's so politically incorrect to talk about Jesus Christ, to talk about your faith. But we must not stop. We must stand firm and preach the good news. It's the only thing that can save people. The only thing that can heal people is Jesus Christ. He's the only one, the only one that can help someone that's tormented, depressed. The only one that can help someone that's addicted. The only one that can help is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's where it starts. And that he said, I am the alpha and the omega. That's where it starts. That's where it ends in Jesus Christ. Everything else after that is the cherry on top. It's awesome. The icing on the cake. I love it. But Jesus is about saving souls. He's about saving souls. Verse 6 is where I want to kind of spend a little time in. It says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished. On the day when Christ Jesus returns. And I am certain that God who began the good work in you. Who began the good work in you? God began the good work in you. Not, not a pastor, not a church. God began the good work in you. God has started a work in you. God is working in you even when you don't know he's working in you. You're asleep and God is working in you. You're not praying and God is working in you. You're not reading the word and God is working in you. You're not attending church and God is working in you. Because he's made a commitment to each and every single one of you to work in your life, no matter where you are in life. God began the good work. You didn't begin the good work in you. God began the good work in you. It's not a doctrine or a teaching. God himself began the good work in you. And he's faithful to finish it. He's faithful to finish it. And it's a good work. The Bible says. It's a good work. It's not a bad work. It's not to oppress you. It's not to make you feel controlled. It's a good work in you. Transformation from within. Our minds need to change. Our attitude needs to change. Our character needs to change. But only God can change it. Man, you can tell someone to change. They're not going to change. Until God begins to change in them. unless Until they want to the change as well. Because you can even stop God from working in you sometimes when you don't allow him to work in you. When you, when you reject him sometimes. But God, even in that, is working in you. Even in that, he's approaching you. He says he began the good work within you. And he will continue this work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, it's my understanding that all of these Philippians died already. I think. It's just like I'm doing math and and figuring out that. Everyone from back in the day is no longer with us. But, but Paul, <laughs> Paul, when he writes to them, he writes to them in the now. He writes to them in the eternal, in the now. He doesn't write to them like, like, well, you know, he'll continue the work until you are great and you're good already. And you can keep going after that. He's like, the work is never over. The work continues until it is finally finished. When? On that day when Christ Jesus comes back. This is eternal perspective. I'm building for eternity. God is building in me for eternity. He's not building in me just now. It is now, but for eternity. God is building his church for eternity. And he tells him, it, until it's finally finished. That means God, hey, surprise everyone. God wants to work in you. He's working in you. And he's not going to stop. Until it's finally finished on that day. So, so when you think that you kind of finally made it as a Christian, oops. <laughs> oops, oh yeah, I know the worship songs and. I read the Bible, you know, from Genesis to Revelations and backwards and all of that, like, whew. He's still working in you. He's still working in you. Yeah, I'm the pastor and, you know, I preach and I'm amazing. Anointed. God is still working in you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I figured some things out in my life, in my spiritual walk. God is still working in you, and we got to be okay with that. We got to be okay with growth. We got to be okay with God working in us and growing us because he, he wants us to be like him. He wants us to walk like him. He wants us to trust him. Man, I'm excited for my wife series. You guys are, don't miss out. Don't miss out. It's good. Just, okay, yesterday, I'm just going to tell you. Just, I'm not going to tell the, the message. But yesterday, uh, we met uh, with, with, uh, with the speakers, and she just kind of went through the whole thing with us and, you know, gave her feedback and whatnot. But if I tell you, we were all, like, crying at the end, and just, we grew from it, just from that, hearing that message. So just a little commercial break so that you can come next Sunday. But look at how Paul feels about the Philippians. This is how, honestly, this is how I feel about the church and about the sheep. He says, so it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Sometimes, uh, you know, I I pray sometimes. uh, That's not what I meant. I, I, I pray this prayer sometimes in my life. And I pray, Lord, I want more of your love. I want to love more. I want, I want, I want to get a sense of your the depth and, and and the length of your love. I want more of that love in my life. Do you want more of that love in your life? The love that God has for you? The Bible says not to, not that you. Not that you would compare your love to his. You can't love God more than he loves you. So your focus shouldn't be, do I love God more this year? In 2018, my plan is to love God more. Sorry. The Bible says, don't worry about, you know, don't focus on if you love God more. Focus on the fact that he loves you. And remain, the Bible says, remain in his love for you. And if you remain in his love for you, you will grow more and more in his love. Sometimes in marriage, you know, things happen. Years go by. And God has to turn that water into wine. And that love has to grow, but it grows from him. Amen? And that's what I mean in relationship as well. And he says, keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. How many of us Christians, we just stop? We stop trying to grow. We stop trying to be discipled. Discipleship, discipleship is is our personal responsibility. Discipleship is not the responsibility of someone else only. It's a personal responsibility. I have to take responsibility to be discipled, to grow in the knowledge and understanding Pastor can't go read the Bible with you every day at your home. You have to take time and and keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And you can do it. The Holy Spirit is in every single one of you that have taken Jesus Christ in your life. The Holy Spirit is there. Is the Holy Spirit different today than it was back then? No. Does Paul have a different Holy Spirit? Praise the Lord. Does he? Paul doesn't have a different Holy Spirit than you and I do. He didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he didn't receive it in greater length than you did. And I did. You have the same Holy Spirit that Paul has. And can I, can I be even a little bit more risky here? Just a little more edgy. Just <laughs> you have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus did. The same Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus is on you. So there's no excuse for you to keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. There's no excuse. So Paul says, man, I'm so proud of you. You guys are doing amazing things. God is working in you until his return. Keep on growing in his love. Keep on growing in his knowledge and understanding. Don't stop. Look, some of you are really good at doing research on other stuff. And that's great. That's awesome. Keep learning other stuff. But God is saying, keep on growing in knowledge and understanding of Him. He wants strong disciples, He wants followers of Jesus Christ, not just people who believe. Amen? A strong verse that I used to have a problem with before. Because you know, those verses are just like, oh gosh, Jesus, why'd you put this in the Bible? The Bible says in James that even the demons believe and tremble. It's not just, we can't just end at believe. I believe. We have to follow Jesus Christ. Be disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? That took a good turn. Okay. Um, can you tell your neighbor... I want you to understand what really matters. I know that's really long, but can you do that? Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Did you forget? (laughs) I want you to understand what really matters, Grace and Love Church. I want you to really understand what matters. So that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. So what really matters is verse 11. Okay? Look, we're almost ending. We have a kid's presentation. Verse 11, are you with me? This is what really matters, Paul says. For I want you to understand what really matters so you can live pure and blameless lives. Here it is. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, that the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God, that you may always be filled with the fruit of salvation. There's always fruit from God, from what he did in your life. There's always good fruit to eat from your salvation. There's always grace for every day that you can eat that God has given you. Satisfaction in him is the best. There's no satisfaction like the satisfaction of Jesus Christ. Nothing in this world can satisfy like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Not the hubby or the wifey. Although that's awesome, right? But not like Jesus. Amen? Amen. And he says, may you always be filled. Always is a strong word. I tell the couples that I'm marrying, I tell them never, this is funny, never use the words never and always. Right? I tell them, it's very important, never use the words when you have a strong disagreement with the couple right? Fellowship, extreme fellowship. Amen? Extreme, edgy fellowship with your wife and husband. Don't use never and always. Why? Because it's really never, never, and it's really never always. You say, you always leave your socks on the floor. (laughs) Like the hamper is right there, and your socks are down there. Right, you that's not me, I'm just saying. You always do that. And me, I mean, the, the husband is thinking, but just the other day I put him in the hamper. So it's really so it's really not always, and it maybe it's often, sometimes, but it's definitely not always. So it creates what it creates is like this barrier, right? If you say, you never uh, help me with the dishes, that's a good one. The dishes is always a good one. You never help me with the dishes. And, and then you're thinking, or the other person's thinking, but I, I helped you the, la- the one day. So it's not never. It's just like I haven't done it in a good two months maybe. But it's not never. So never and always is always like troublesome when you're, especially when you're arguing. Right. You never. You always. We both never always. (laughs) And verse 11 says, and I'm going to believe it because it's the word of God. May you always. Always. Now, there is a may you there. Right. But may you always be filled. There is the possibility that you can always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Always. And when God says always, it's not like the hubby and the wifey. He really means it. It is always. It's 100% always. Always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. And the righteous character produced in your some people try to change themselves right they try to like you know the way they dress and their behavior changes but inside there's no character change so that's why we've had trouble in the church right in the past that's why big you know named pastors that that God blessed them and and I'm not dishonoring them, but, but it's happened where the character from within hasn't changed. The behavior has changed. Like, I, you know, I can change my behavior in front of you and act and, 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 and put a mask on and be different in front of you, but my character from within hasn't changed because only God can change that. I can't change my own character from within. But he says that the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ through this fruit of salvation. The more you focus on Jesus, you love me. Jesus, you saved me. Jesus, I'm your child. Jesus, I belong to you. Jesus, I'm sitting in heavenly places with you. Jesus, I belong to your family. Jesus, I reign with you. The more you focus on Jesus the more your character changes. You start to talk different, act different, think different. You start to be different. One amen. Amen? So what happens is a lot of people, they want, they want like position. They want like titles in church. But their character is not producing righteousness. So that's why Adam and Eve had to, the reason Adam and Eve had to be, uh, uh, they had to exit the garden wasn't because God was mad and he wanted to just kick them out just to be mean. He told them, now that you have disobeyed and and, and you have sinned, if you eat of the tree of life, you'll remain like that forever. So he needed, he needed to, to take them through a process humanity of change so he had to put them out to protect them so god doesn't want you put to put you in a in a place where he's going to hurt you if he puts you there if the character from within is not producing but god is working in us remember remember he's working in us he has began a good work and he's going to finish it Amen? amen amen praise god The very last sentence, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Now, this is powerful, too, because we come to church and we worship and we praise God. We sing songs. We lift our hands. That's awesome. Let's do that. But what that's talking about is daily living. That how you live your daily life actually counts more than what you do on Sundays. How how you bring glory and praise to God is that character being produced in your life. That fruit of salvation, you being filled. That's what really matters. So, if you can take something practical from today, what really matters is how you live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and those days. That's what praising and bringing glory to God is. How you are at work. What character do you show at work? No matter what is the atmosphere, God's not looking at your atmosphere. He's looking at you. How do you respond? Can you, you should actually change the atmosphere. That's, that's the praise that God wants to see. That's, that's the place where God wants you to bring him glory. The Monday through, through Saturday place. The Sunday, we all do it. We, it's hallelujah. That's it's easy in here. With the daily living, the, the, the place where you're tempted to, to, to look at something on your phone you shouldn't. To turn on the computer and look at something you shouldn't. To say something insulting to someone that you shouldn't. That's right there. That's where, that's where God sees. That's where God sees. Yeah, because remember the beginning? In the beginning, Paul said, you've partnered with me in spreading this good news. And you can't spread good news if you're not living your life daily by giving him glory and praising him through how you walk. But how you walk is not dependent on you. It's dependent on how much you focus on the fruit of your salvation and the work that God is doing within you. So it's it's, it's, it's a partnership. It's not your strength, your effort. It's not only God's strength and effort. It's both. God, I'm here. Work within me. I know you're working in me. I know you want me to to, uh, be on time to work. Something simple. God has told me even, you got to dress different, bro. Just starts to change you. No one has to tell you anything. God does it. He starts to change you from within because you're focused on him. You know he's working on you. You're filled with the fruit of salvation and your character. Oh, your character is changing. If if I were to look back in my own personal life, uh, we've been married 10 years, maybe 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Maybe 15 years ago. Still living at my mom's. Mom's house. That guy, I don't know who that guy is. That character, he had a horrible character over there. It was like violent, angry all the time, addicted to stuff. Always had a quick response with like a couple cuss words back. Ah. Revenge in my heart I don't know that guy anymore I don't know who that is anymore That Mario's dead I'll live in Christ And he's changed me through the years And he's doing And he's still changing me We're still growing, I haven't stopped growing I haven't stopped uh, He hasn't stopped working in me, in my character Still going So keep going, keep on growing Amen Alright, let's pray, get on your feet for listening to the grace and love podcast we pray that you are filled and encouraged by today's message for more information about grace and love you can find us on facebook and instagram at grace love church make sure you check us out again next week thanks again and god bless you